What's up, everybody? Mike Shope with Adam Crowhurst. The Deep End, Week 9. Bad news, or good news. You can't see us this week. Both of us have certain complications that made that tough. <laughs> but we'll have our usual discussion, and we'll bring on Chad Schrader, a big name in high-stakes fantasy football, to say the least, I think. Week 9, we've got the trade deadline to talk about in a way, and more just Adrian Peterson, more big waivers, <laughs> puzzles, dilemmas to figure out. Welcome to the Deep End. Let's just say this. I mentioned the trade deadline already. I believe it's 4 o'clock. If it's not exactly that, it's this afternoon. At the time of our recording, there are a few hours to go. And you'll be hearing the show at night when it's over. So it's possible that some big name or two get moved today and we won't know about it. It's also possible that there'll be trades while we're talking. That'd be kind of fun. That couldn't be possible if we were on at night. I just saw a report a minute ago that Odell Beckham is not expected to be traded, but there could be some some interesting moves. And even in the high stakes world, Adam, what happened with Mark Ingram had some significance. So any trade of a skill position player can mean something to us. Yeah. And, you know, I know we get excited about stuff like this and it's fun, but it's very rare that a player gets traded and has a big effect on you know, his stock or whatever. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't really been following a ton of the rumors. I know a couple defensive players uh, have been traded recently. And um, wasn't there a trade this, this morning? I feel like that I'm, that I'm blanking on. Oh, Melvin Ingram. That's right. Melvin Ingram. To, to right. Chiefs. So right. Von um, Miller yesterday, it's a pretty big move. Uh, but again, like what it does for us, not much. Right, right, exactly. So hopefully, I mean, that would be cool if, if something were to happen. But but again, I also don't want it to ruin my fantasy teams either, um, you know, because even if you add, you know, a running back, a lame running back to a backfield, uh, he can just take in five, six touches away can ruin, can ruin a running back's uh, out, outlook for the week. I have to tell you that I guess I'd have to say I ignored your advice on Sunday. Ozigbo, who <laughs> I, I very <laughs> – very sharply picked up in a few FFPC leagues when he seemed to be just the guy who might move in behind Alvin Kamara. If there were an injury, Kamara is getting tons of volume this year. And when they made the move for Mark Ingram, I dropped Ozigbo and you said never drop a running back. Now I I feel like there probably are exceptions to that. And I decided (laughs) Ozigbo would be one when they basically just relegated him back to the practice squad. But what happened? James Robinson got hurt. And he may or may not miss time. I don't know yet. As the time we're talking, that's not known. But Jacksonville, who had Ozigbo before, picked him back up. And so he could be he could be relevant as soon as this week against the Bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's never drop a running back ever. And the only one that I might drop, I think I was talking to Bulky about this last week, is the only running back that I might drop would be a running back that I loved so much this offseason, and that's Trey Sermon. He's like the only guy because yeah. he, you know, when he had his opportunity, they would rather give the ball to the fullback, Kevin Kyle Juszczyk, than actually give it to him. So he had his opportunity. They hate him. I'm not saying drop Trey Sermon. I'm saying if I was to drop a running back, it would be Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah, you, you could. But it's, it's not a no-brainer because of what that team has been before. It's just really – it's been hard all year – and I think this 
this is something I wanted to ask Chad about when he joins us, if we're, if we're still on San Francisco. Well, he, been, he, he's here now. I can, I can bring him in. Or okay, good, in. good. Chad Schrader, Mike Shope, Adam Krautworth. I know you know Adam. Uh, I think you and I are meeting for the first time. Thank you very much for taking time for us. You bet. Busy time, but uh, it's good to do something like this to mix it up a little bit. You and Adam, I guess, are you rivals? Because Adam, oh, the draft shirts Invitational. We've got Kentucky, probably some main event. Adam, what are we talking about here? Listen, if it's it's not a rivalry if one guy always kills the other other guy. So right. I'm just I'm nipping at Chad's heels here. Uh, You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> we I've actually we're in a lot of leagues this year. Kentucky was so much fun drafting against Chad, and we're in a couple of those big paybacks together. We're in a bunch of main events together. He probably doesn't even know because he's in. I know, don't know about the main events. I just yeah. that it's like a. Going through them, I don't even look at who, right. uh, who's in the leagues. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll notice. Uh, and your names aren't real, aren't super identifiable. They don't stand out when you're looking at the standings. Necessarily. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I did I notice one today when I was going through them that you were uh, leading the uh, main event league. I know my names don't stand out, but I lost a tough one to you last night. <laughs> Uh, Louie and I, Adam, had about 20 points on a Chad team in the main with Butker against Tyreek Hill and Booker. And those were, you know, the right guys to have. Had that been a Kelsey team, you know, it would have been pretty smooth there, but that didn't work out. So congratulations on that. We're, <laughs> let, let's talk Draft Sharks Invitational. Adam Gosh. has been just trying to get up to where you are this year. You've been the uh. overall leader. With that, well, it's not yellow this week, Adam. Although Listen, we're not on camera, so so what? Maybe I we should got say a, it's yellow. Right, that's right. we got a whole new graphic here. I'm working on. You know, it's if I'm going to be at the top every week, Mike, we got to have a sharp graphic. You know what I'm yes. saying? So yes. Uh, but yeah, I've been chasing Chad. He probably doesn't even know it, but I've been chasing him. Yeah, I, I, I keep track of this. <laughs> it's a it's an overall type of contest, and I like to win overall contests. Um, I, 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 and it, plus it's the very first draft I did this year. Um, and usually I, that goes horribly wrong for me. So this one's a little unique, but it's probably cause I actually drafted Derek Henry on it and I, I didn't as we went on. Yeah. We don't want to bury the lead. You know what I mean? Like this, Chad's got a nice 19 and a half point lead on me. I've been chasing them all seasonal. People don't know about the draft section invitational is each league winner, it's six leagues. Each league winner gets like 200 bucks. Thanks for playing. But the overall scoring champion gets, gets, gets $2,000. So I'm, I'm second in my league and I'm second overall to Chad. He's, he's, so he's 19 and a half points up, but, uh, he lost Derek Henry this, this, this week. How do you, how do you, how do you feel about this whole Derek Henry fiasco, Chad? Uh, well, other than, uh, you know that I, I have him on this thing, and I have him on a a few football guys that I drafted early, um, and then I got off him after that. And uh, the only other I got him in in one of the big pays in Kentucky where nobody wanted him, so I got him like almost mid second round. So you were probably in that. Um, and then uh, an FFPC main event. Um, I was having a lot of trouble with uh, their draft room lagging, and and I timed out and got him. And then by the time I got back on, there was about seven picks gone. So I just said to hell with it and, and kept him. So 
Adam, isn't that what Scott Fish told us happened to him in Draft Sharks? Where he was it Henry too? He got him by accident or someone I else? Think, I think it was Henry in the second I round. Think it was. He I think it was because he, he's a division leader too. Hey, Chad, you said I don't know if you were joking so much when you said like the the drafts you do first are are not as successful for you. Are is that true? And are do you find that like those are ones where you're just totally taking the guys you most believe in, and then you know over the course of the summer. When you're drafting more, you're more trying to diversify. Does that sound about right? Uh, no, not really. I mean, well, it, it it is true that I usually do horribly on their, my early drafts. <laughs> but I don't start drafting until, well, I don't know when this was. I think it was like the 5th of August or something. Yeah, yeah. something like I that. I didn't do it. My first buy-in draft was uh, – then I had a, a tragic funeral that I had to deal with. Um, and so I didn't start drafting until like – August 12th was my first draft, something around there. And um, I don't really uh, follow things. and I don't follow football all year round real closely like uh, a lot of my peers. So um, I just jump in and uh, sort of use ADP lists that aren't very accurate at that point, start feeling my way around. And uh, this year I actually did uh, had some stronger, some pretty good teams early, but that's usually not the case. That's that's by design, obviously. What exactly is your edge by doing it that way? Is it the benefit of not, you know, following information for all those weeks and months where other people are, or is it is it taking advantage of mistakes you think that get made? For me, it, I, I I mean I don't really know how it would play out if I did it the other way, but uh, for me, it, it I don't go into the. I mean, the crucial drafts part of the se- draft season comes upon me very quickly if I start that late. And I don't have uh, these preconceived biases in my mind on players that I am unable to, to uh, get away from. Whereas I think that can be hard for some good players when they their scouting really tells them they love a guy, but then the situation isn't exactly following how they mm-hmm. thought. And then they try to create narratives to make it that way. Whereas I kind of come in and look at it from a perspective that I wasn't ever really high on this guy, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think a good example of that, at least, uh, I don't know how you, uh, how you had this guy ranked, but for, for me, it would be like an, uh, Antonio Gibson, right? So That's who I was just going to mention. Yeah. Um, this whole off season, people were like putting this and you know, there was a, there was a one or two week, spread in there where I was high on Gibson, you know, he could be the RB one. He's going to get all these touches. He's, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's just saying everything. But then when preseason games started and it wasn't, it wasn't Gibson, it was McKissick and we saw it, then you got to get off of him. Now, Chad, where you uh, can kind of take advantage of that is you didn't spend two months drafting him, <laughs> wasting your money on him. Cause you came in, you saw they weren't going to use him in the third down role. They weren't going to throw him the ball. And now you don't have two months worth of Antonio Gibson on your, on your, on your. Yeah. I, I have a little bit of him, but I, I, it had to be kind of like a perfect storm type of scenario. You know, I'm open to taking anybody. If I'm getting him later than he goes, that's number one for guys I'm not high on. But then I also try. I, I learned a lesson a long time ago when uh, who was Woodhead playing behind in San Diego? He was Turner. I remember, I don't even know. Are we going back to Michael Turner, or are we more recent? And I don't think it was Turner. I hell, I don't know. But anyway, they had two great backs, and the the lead back is a 
a great player, but but I, I learned that, you know, I didn't like Woodhead where he's going in a satellite role, but then I also had to look at it from the standpoint, well, what if this guy gets hurt? It doesn't hurt to sprinkle him in. So that's what I that's why I drafted Gibson a little bit is uh McKissick's very capable of getting hurt. And then, you know, I didn't want to be completely naked. So I found times where he fell, but but generally I'm off him. So Ryan Matthews. Was the, there you go. There you was go. the running back in San Diego. Yeah. And then eventually Melvin Gordon, uh, they, they overlap too. It's interesting you guys both were thinking of Gibson there. I was thinking about Lance and Fields. Kind of a, it's the same point, but a little different in how we get I – mean, I mean, I'm in sports radio like day, day to day, Chad, and the draft is the topic in football for such a long time. And what would happen with San Francisco and then what Chicago did – it was just like an everyday story and whether or not biases or narratives were formed, they probably were. I just know that I was thinking about them all the time and then thinking about how, well, what Lamar Jackson has meant and what uh, Jalen hurts to a different extent has meant. And I, I think it, they look like mistakes now for me on my grid when I see Lance and fields, because you know, you, you take your shot and then you got to stick with them. And here we are halfway through the season fields finally had a playable week, but come on and Lance isn't even starting yet. So that has been a, a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, it it could have went either, it, it, you know, it could have went a different way too. Cause of, yep. so I, I wouldn't, uh, that that's not killing your draft. You know, those are taken in the, at the earliest, what ninth round at the very earliest, um, usually much later, I suppose those guys both had high upside. It's just not working out that way. Right. I, I just mean, like, had I waited until August when their coaches were both insistent that they wouldn't start, I, <laughs> I might have looked, I might have thought of them differently as opposed to, oh, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to sit them if you're trading up for number three. Nobody, nobody does that. Well, uh, the, the buzz was still high on him the whole way, though. So yeah. that's not one that, you know, if I was interested in those guys, which I really wasn't, but. If I was interested in those guys a lot, um, I, I wouldn't have gotten away from them at all by waiting. Yeah. And you have a great voice for sports radio. By the way. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. I got to work on my voice. I thought I had a pretty decent voice. And everywhere I go, it's all about Mike Shope's voice. You know what all I mean? Right. All right. <laughs> I, I traded in for some wins, but maybe, maybe that maybe that'll happen. Go ahead. Let me tell a quick story about so Chad talks about how you know he doesn't draft till August and then he has to draft later on. Where and then he ha, he does so many drafts that so we're at we're in Kentucky, Mike, and and we're at a table and they're doing this award ceremony from Kentucky last year. And of course, Chad's got eight million trophies he has to go get. So they're announcing like Chad this, Chad that, and Chad's in the middle of a draft on his laptop. <laughs> you know, a high stakes. It could have been a you know a, a twenty thousand dollar buy in. We don't know. And now he's got to go up on stage to collect these trophies and you could tell he's torn. Like he doesn't know, <laughs> do I, do I, do I give them the cold shoulder? Do I finish this draft? Like Chad, what was going through your mind? In that, it was, in that I, I kept that, that drafting uh, to a minimum that weekend, but I'm not <laughs> going to miss a 5k league. Um, <laughs> and so I, I drafted it and it, it worked out fine. I was on the end. I mean, the draft's not working out fine because I have uh, McCaffrey and Kittle, but, as far as that went, it worked out fine. I had plenty of time to, you know, make my two picks and then get run right up there. there. <laughs> hey, just just before we let you go, Chad, we, we were talking about San Francisco when you joined, and 
obviously Lance is still, you know, that's one part of that that we've touched on, but as is Kittle, who I think we might see back this week, a like Kittle, is that, is that promising once he comes back? And what about running backs? I think I've seen you on Twitter, you know, not, not put down, but you just were not on the Elijah Mitchell train. It seemed in terms of fab and now hasty. And then maybe Jeff Wilson, not to mention sermon. How would you, how would you try to figure that out? I actually uh, like Mitchell now more more than I did then. Yeah, he looks pretty good, but uh, I do think he's he his he's capped a little bit by lack of receptions, and um, I don't even know that he's. I think people might be surprised if they have like goal to go at the one or, or two that you might not see him in there. It, I have an inkling that it's Hasty that's actually the goal on back, but. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see on that. But uh, if he's not the immediate goal line back real close to the goal line or the receiving back, you know, he's got he's fast, so he can make big plays. But I don't think I'm going to get hurt by it too bad. And and I think that I'm capable of doing a lot of damage with the $900 that I still have per head. So. Right. It turns out to be Garoppolo, who scored twice in, in close yes. for them in uh, <laughs> in their game in Chicago. Speaking of uh, – on the Kittle front, and as far as it goes, even with Debo and uh, well, Ayuk, I, I, I get. I'm surprised that uh, the narrative out there always seems to be like Kittle and Debo are going to be awesome when Lance takes over. I see it much the other way. I think that uh, those guys are far better off uh, with Garoppolo playing quarterback than uh, Lance. I think the passing volume would shrink up in a hurry if Lance took over. Um, and you're going to be relying on big plays and touchdowns, but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah, turning no, I, up I at least agree. a little bit, Adam? All right. Chad, it's uh, it's nice to connect with you. Good luck in everything. Uh, Adam, is it all right if I say that about this one here that we're looking at, the draft yeah, the, invitational listen, right behind him? I wish Chad luck, but I, I, you know, he, he's losing, he's losing Henry and he's losing Miles Sanders for a little bit. So I'm hoping Chad doesn't care about this $2,000 that I need. I was pretty thin at running back to begin with. And uh, (laughs) I think the writing's on the wall now, but uh, we'll see how long I can hang in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck and congrats on all your success. I hope to meet you maybe next year in Kentucky or somewhere else. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Thanks guys. Thank Thanks you. so much, Chad. Chad Schrader, you can find him on Twitter. Let me just go get that really quick. I had it up and then lost it. At Chad SCH23. Love nice it. conversation, I thought. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great uh drafting against Chad and, and hanging out with him at all the live events. And he's, you know, he's always got interesting takes. I mean, listen, you gotta when you're playing at the level he's playing at, you gotta have instincts. You know what I mean? So mm. um yeah, I like the way you, Chad. I, every time I look at a league that I'm in with him, he always has a, a, a good team. There's two other things you got to have to draft like Chad Schrader. One is discipline, because yes. holy cow! I mean, wait until waiting until August. August. Like, what would I do? We draft in January. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And the other is money. I mean, there, there's, we're talking about <laughs> right. we're talking sure. about a pretty big investment. So uh, good, good for him. Nice to talk to him. All right, Adam. Yes, Derek, Derek Henry. Mm. Uh, that's a seismic shift in, in leagues at this point. We're not too far in, I think, with four weeks left in the FFPC regular season for this to mean a lot. But 
if Adrian Peterson does anything, if if you think he's the guy, I mean, he's obviously going to be a big waiver play tomorrow night, then, um, you know, maybe maybe the Henry player can get by if it's him or someone else can make up that ground. Do you see Peterson being valuable? Oh, man. Um, is he a guy? Is he is he rosterable? Absolutely. Um, I think it depends on your on your team makeup. I don't, you know, he's not going to get all the touches, obviously that Derek Derrick Henry got. He'll get the goal line work. He's not going to get any passing work. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he could be a lower end RB two um, if that's the plan. I just don't know what plans they have for him, and he could certainly get injured himself. I mean, how old is he? Thirty million? Like I don't even know how old he well, is. Well, it's a, it's the two thousand seven draft. He's the only player in the league now that he's back in the league still you know from that draft yeah so what's that that's 35 yeah i just feel like they're gonna do something else so there maybe you know there might be other guys there that that are gonna because i think they're gonna throw the ball more now obviously so who's gonna who's the pass catching back you know maybe they they change their offense a little bit that way so i'll i'll probably put some bids on him i mean i have don't have a lot of derrick henry so i don't need him um, but you're going to get a lot of Derrick Henry panickers out there that are going to they're going to put a ton on him. So is he valuable? Sure, but I wouldn't. Uh, he's not going to. I don't think he's going to save your season. Well, if you have Henry, of course, there's lots of different builds, right? I mean, you'd have the the big running back teams that are deeper at that position. You'd have the hero RB, so to speak, teams, and then you know maybe he's a huge loss because they're playing Tony Pollard every week or somebody. Or, you know, Mitchell. If they went to Mitchell, they probably don't have the money that they'll need for Peterson. What about McNichols? Is he, maybe it's Peterson tired and McNichols wired here. Yeah, that's where I would go. Like, if I'm going to spend the same amount on whatever, I would go McNichols. You know, I just, he knows knows the offense. He's been there. You know, he's a more of a pass-catching threat. They're going to have to throw more. They're not going to have leads like they had in other games where they can just pound Henry, you know, it's, I think McNichols is this guy again, McNichols isn't going to save your season either, but he's um, something that um, can at least hold you over. Maybe there's another injury later on down the road. Maybe you own Alexander Madison and Delvin cook goes down and now, okay, Madison can save your season. And maybe McNichols just holds you over or something like that. So I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't, you know, it does stink. I mean, the injury is terrible and you know, they're saying what six to 10, Yep. If you if you got a nice lead, maybe you're seven and one. Maybe you can afford to go five hundred the rest of the way, and Henry comes back for you. So uh, it is brutal for these FFPCs though too, because you can't you can't cut him because he's coming back. So you got to waste a roster spot on him. And but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go McNichols between those two backs. I would have to be pretty good to to not cut him. I feel like eight weeks is probably the number. Yeah. Which what Tennessee's thinking playoffs, not fantasy playoffs. So eight weeks after Sunday, right? You had the surgery yeah. yesterday, would so be week seventeen. Week yeah. seventeen. So what? So what's interesting too is the FFPC will lock players. I'm wondering if Henry gets dropped if they lock him because week seventeen that's that's championship week this year, right? Yes. So when does that happen? Week. When does when did the lock start? No, I mean they will lock, like if someone drops Christian McCaffrey, they will lock him so no one can can pick him up. Oh, they do that subjectively. Yes, because and when really? you have a big tournament where it can change the outlook of a whole tournament, there are certain players that if they get dropped, they will get locked immediately. So how, how many players do you think that might be? A lot. It's probably like 20? 20. Yeah, 
So, so we'll see. Henry's going to get dropped, and I, I, I wonder if they would put a ruling out. Maybe, maybe I'll ask him and find out. Do you like that? I do. In a, in a national competition, absolutely. Because all, that's that's collusion too, right? Like you can't, you can't, you know. Hey, I've got the most waiver wire money. Drop Christian McCaffrey so I can pick him up. You know, type deal. Well, not necessarily. Like the the reason for saving money. Think of Darren Armani, right? He wants to have the money. Uh, so you whether it's Der- <laughs> whether it's Derrick Henry or whoever, right? Somebody's backup that goes in. That's your advantage. But in this case, you wouldn't get to use that advantage. But know. what if it's what if it's Cooper Cup? Well, why would you cut? You you wouldn't cut the guy if he's not hurt. Well, I'm saying if you, that that that's why they lock players. If you have a team that's in ninth place and someone's like, "Hey, I'll give you ten grand if you drop Cooper Cup and I pick him up," you know. I see. Now I understand. You All know right, what I'm so saying? You think that's where the that's collusion. Yeah, yes. I understand. Yeah. All right. Let me look at my teams, my bad teams, and see if I can make some money on the side. Just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, all right, so good luck if it's Peterson or even McNichols that you're you're hot for. How about Travis Kelsey after Monday night? You know, guys get old, mm. and Kelsey, you've given me credit that I might not have deserved in terms of pros versus Joes because I would have done Kelsey at 101, and we went McCaffrey, which, of course, was the common play. And, you know, for a while, then McCaffrey gets hurt. Like, yeah, that could have been good, but it always it's always changing, just like with Henry. And now, Kelsey, I think you might – I feel like this is going to be a conversation this week in fantasy is where we're at with him. Yeah, it's funny you say that. He made a – I don't even know if he caught the ball last night or he made a move last night. And I remember I was watching it with my son. I'm like, man, kind of looks old and my, or slow or something. And my son's like, no, he don't, you know, whatever. But uh, I made that comment last night and, you know, he just turned 32. I don't think it's the age thing catching up with him. I think it's what everyone else is seeing, man. It's, it's, it's the offense and it, they're playing that cover two shell and it doesn't fit what they want to do. So the good news about Tyreek Hill is he's so quick and fast and whatever that they can get him the ball, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to have going to have 10 to 15 catch games the rest of the year because they're just going to dink and dunk it to him. Kelsey's struggling to get open though in that in that defense scheme that teams teams are running and like Peyton and Eli talked about last night during crunch time third downs red zone they're double teaming him. So is he still the tight end one? Sure, but I think those you know I don't think he's had a monster game yet this year. He's just consistently putting up 15 to 20 every week uh, except for last night when he put up scored like seven or something like. I would be worried as a Kelsey owner because he's he's not gonna be worth that top five pick that that you that you, that you paid for him. But I he's not a guy that's gonna end up killing you. Yeah, I just you know this is the kind of stuff I avoid, but I want to say it. I've been taking calls from Bills fans for twenty years, and once in a while you'll see the Bills are losing, and they'll show someone on the bench, and he's smiling, and that's like a scandal, right? Why is this guy happy during yeah. the loss? Or hey, I don't like this quarterback they show him on the sideline mike and it's deer in the headlights you know i mean the problem with that is it's just such a quick shot right of the player and it, it's often going to be a lie you know you just don't know and to draw that conclusion is very risky so this goes back to the bills chiefs game this is tennessee this is last night and maybe another game when they get the camera on travis kelsey he just looks it's like a blank stare yeah like where where is that sort of beast mode, if you will, kind of like fire and passion from Kelsey? This is why 
fans get caught up in sort of Super Bowl hangover talk. Yes. Be- because, you know, I've got friends who are like, look at Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't look right. Look at Travis Kelsey. He doesn't look right. You know, they're, they're losing. And so, of course, it's going to look a little different. You just might wonder what the energy level is like uh, with the Chiefs, you know, because it has come so easy for them. Yes. And now it's such a struggle. I mean, to beat the Giants, they're not even going to feel good about that. No. Last night, just so I don't know. That, Kelsey, practically speaking, Adam, you're you're not taking them out. Like, what kind of roster no. do you have if you're taking Travis Kelsey out of FFPC games? You don't have. That's not going to happen. Yet. No, no, you're not. You're not taking them out. The problem is there's no like matchup. Like, oh, this is going to be a beautiful for any of them because I mean the Giants. I mean, come on, you should have. But we knew they weren't going to do that because they haven't done it all year, really. And the thing that is so surprised it just looks so difficult even the completions to Tyreek Hill you know he's got to roll left he's got to bring his arm down to his waist and flick it under submarine style like it's like all just to get a five-yard completion it's they haven't they need to they need to get a bye week they they they're not they haven't figured it out I mean they got to be able to run the ball and that doesn't help they don't they don't want to do that and the running game looked looked pretty good last night actually well Gore, who's that Frank Gore's grandson he looked he looked pretty good last night Derek Gore Derek Gore would be a guy worth picking up on. I mean, he looks like the best running back there. So. I think I think what you've got is it's always a matter of how teams are playing you. And we've seen it when the Bills played them, you know, all their games. No, no, everybody's playing them the same way. Too high. Yes. And you have to you don't have to run it, but you have to stay underneath, and then it looks easy. And then you have announcers going, why don't they just do that on every play? Even the Mannings. Right. Yeah. So that's underneath the hill. I saw that Mahomes' depth per pass was lower than any game in his career. Like he, yeah. he is, at least he's taking it and not just. I mean, he had another interception overturned last night on an offside. Like it, it is, and it's not the only team where this is happening because you you want to you have everybody spreading it out like the Bills do, and you know everything's big chunk plays down the field. We don't need to run the ball. Well, defensively, what are you going to do about that? You're going to try to take away these kind of deep passes. You've got the Chargers coach who seems to be handing their opponents the running game. Go ahead. Yeah. And they're they're just going to think they need to score 30 points to win. And that's that makes sense. It's just how, how that affects fantasy will be really interesting. Underneath stuff, the the, the big numbers won't come. I, I, I like your point on Hill, because that's a 24-point night in FFPC anyway. But it did not come easily. You know, there's not that 80-yard pass to him that that we're used to. So exactly. and, and their, their bye week is a month away. Yeah, they're – yeah. I mean, Hill I'm fine with. I think – because, again, he's going to get 12 catches a game now, which is awesome. But, yeah, Kelsey's, Kelsey's ceiling is much, much lower. And they got to – like you said, the, the one thing the Bills did do, you, you know – is they said, you know, we need to, we need to be able to run the ball better. And they, you know, they have been able to do that. Thank God, because there's been some games where, you know, where they've needed to rely on that run game to keep the defense honest. And right now Kansas city uh, isn't doing that. One more quick topic off of them. Uh, So Louis G and I have a team with Mahomes and Kelsey that has been looking really good, but now doesn't. And I've got a FF or an FBG team or two with Mahomes and Hill or Mahomes and Kelsey and Hardman involved. Like it was just such a great feeling to come out of drafts with those stacks. Everybody wants some stack. So tell me who right now looks like the best one. 
I think it might be the Rams. Thank you. Uh, you yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and you were all over that. I mean, that's also <laughs> pros versus Joes. That team, which, you know, McCaffrey and Ridley, I don't know, maybe we're stuck. But Stafford, Cup, Higby, Van Jefferson, and he's mm. relevant. He's probably counting for us in weeks. That looks good. A lot of these other ones, even Buffalo, like Diggs is, is fine and Allen mm-hmm. is good, but Kansas City's not where you wanted it. Dallas isn't really where you wanted it. Arizona with Hopkins too. It's like not really where you wanted it. I guess Jackson and Andrews rates, but some of those stacks that you sort of went out looking for when drafting, I don't know, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys will end up coming around. They'll get Dak back healthy, and hopefully Dalton Schultz will kind of take a back seat again to these to these stud receivers and, and stuff like that. But and that's kind of quick side note. Off the side note is, you know, talking about you know, I, I took a lot of receivers early this year, and a lot of you know, there's always the talk zero RB, hero RB, all that stuff. The one downside, I know receivers don't get hurt as much as running backs do, but when it, when you have a receiver and the quarterback gets, you got to worry about the quarterback injury too with the with the receiver because it can totally affect the outcome of that receiver season if they if, if they lose their quarterback. Speaking of stacks, so Dallas. but yeah, it's it's I think um, the Rams stack. I was loving them coming into the year. Uh, I think the Cowboys stack again will be fine uh, when Russell Wilson comes back. I think that Seattle stack is going to start to explode a little bit. You know, I got caught with my hands not in the cookie jar this last week i benched tyler lockett in a couple leagues and the guy hasn't done anything in six weeks and then he goes off but um but yeah so there i think there's some stacks that are still alive that you said the chiefs one doesn't look so great the Bengals. the Bengals, yeah the Bengals is nice too and they've got so many so many weapons there and so yeah it's fun i think at the end of the year the tournaments will be decided by some of these stacks and and the matchups and the weather and and all that stuff all that luck that's involved with that. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to, to, to target stacks next year too. And speaking of the Rams, I see Van Jefferson is available in some of these leagues out there. So people, I would, I would recommend getting on the Van Jefferson bandwagon before it's too late. You feel like with a receiver like that, you, you claim him to start him or is it you're claiming, claiming him in case of an injury? It's different than running back. Yeah, if I'm in a, if I've got, it is different than the running back. If I've got um, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, I'm trying to add Van Jefferson. Okay. Um, for sure. Um, and even if I don't have them, I'm trying to add them because now you're, you know, you're handcuffing, you know, someone else's receiver. So, um, plus he's good. He's a, he's, a, he's a good route runner. He's a young, young receiver there, second year, I think. So, and I think they really like him. They're trying to trade Deshaun Jackson. So, um, he has some big time potential if there's an injury to Cup or, or or Woods, God forbid. Yep, three for 88 in their last game, and they have the Titans on Sunday night, the Rams. Ooh. Okay, Kyler Murray might be out. We don't know that one yet. And so that's another example of the, the quarterback injury. I think that would be Colt McCoy if there's no Kyler Murray. Oh boy. All right, well, anything you got left? I'm good. No, I think that's it. I'm just looking to see if there was any uh, trades. There's there's interest in Evan Ingram to be traded. There's interest there, so hopefully, maybe we'll see uh, we'll see how that turns out. But no, no, no trades while we were li- while we were re- recording. That's a nice play last night, uh, Jones to Ingram for his touchdown. It's almost all he did. But you know, it, it, certain guys like that, if you have them, you want them to be traded just to yes. give them more more hope. I think Devontae Parker could be interesting like that. But he did have an 8 for 85, I think, 
in Buffalo off an injury. So that, that played just wouldn't have started him. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. Yeah, it could, it could be interesting today, but again, we're, we're recording before the deadline passed and uh, apologies if there's a big one or two you want to hear us talk about. I'm not even sure uh, next week we'll be thinking about that either as we'll be another weekend, probably have some more waiver stuff to talk about. It's getting late though, Adam, just to wrap up here, we've got four weeks of regular season left. And I mean, you got to be around the, the playoffs, if not in probably to, you know, really to get there. Yeah. And um, yes, for sure. It's, it's in these FFPC leagues too. only, only four teams make it. And um, you know, they got the, record points, record points based systems. So, you know, a lot of times you are still alive. You know, I've got a tons of football guys teams where I'm, you know, three and five and I'm in the playoffs because I just, I've scored points, yeah. but Good. it's, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's hard when you've only got the one out because then if you don't start scoring, if you don't keep scoring points, you're not going to get in. So um, yes, you got to be around the playoffs right now. You probably, if you're just trying to get in on points and you're a hundred points back. You're probably not getting in at this at this point with a, with a couple weeks left. So so good luck to everybody. I am your buddy and partner and co-host, but you and I are in one together. A football guys draft we did on Memorial Day. I mean, Chad was totally not ready for the season when you and I were <laughs> drafting that league. And look at that. You are first, and I am second. Look at that. And I just look lost. I just lost Calvin Ridley. But uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll get. Uh, wait, is this football? Are you are you, wa- are you wasps? No, Codpiece? no. In points, I'm second. Oh, okay. I'm way down at three and five. Okay. Oh, look at you. It's <laughs> just. But you've got we've got Louie, we've got Abib, we've got Jay and Scott, we've got Andrew Guilds. Yeah. Like it's a loaded group, a really fun league, and it was sort of fun to talk about this league when we were all out in Vegas together. Um, really close and competitive, but I had I think I had 194 in week eight that that that'll help wow that was probably the one of the highest scores i saw all, all week yeah yeah i wish i could show it to you but we're not on camera <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody well good luck in week nine we've got the jets and the colts thursday night to kick us off see what that looks like Ugh. yeah right and we'll catch you back here in the deep end next week see you guys thanks chad schrader thanks adam see you next week